Rasa means the transcendental emotions. I felt like he moved on to a different realm that was higher vibration than this plane, maybe even different planetary systems. Is who I truly am not me? <laughs> So welcome everyone uh, to the Triple Yoga Podcast. I am very honored to be joined today by Prema Mai. And a little bit about uh, Prema. She has been practicing Bhakti Yoga for 44 years now. Her upbringing was in ashrams, where she learned the Vedic arts of music, dance, and drama. She also studied the philosophical conclusions of the Vedas under the guidance of her spiritual masters in India, 
and other parts of the world. Now she teaches these principles through an experience of mantra recitation, music, and ritual. And I know that there's much, much more. I was just having so much fun uh, earlier today, just looking at your website and listening to your music and um, reading reading some of your journals even too. Um, <laughs> so uh, I thought that I'd like to start by asking you about the practice of, of bhakti and emotions and how this practice can allow us to release emotions and feel different emotions and just the importance of being able to do that in daily life, like having yeah. that connection to our emotions and, and release. Um, does this improve the quality of your day-to-day -day life? What is the importance of having these practices for you? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a really beautiful point when you touch the emotions because this practice is all about rasa. Rasa means the transcendental emotions to reach that level where you experience the purity, like the state of love in its pure form. So, you know, this practice of bhakti is about reaching that level of prem, premise, pure love. And so it's all about those high levels of sentiment, of emotions. It's like when you can reach love in its pure form, you experience ecstasy, that's rasa. And, and there's many flavors of that rasa, so many different components. And when you study with, you know, masters that actually have reached that level, it's, it's just amazing. You, you get like a little drop of that, of a taste of that possibility that is inherent within us. So it's really incredible. And of course, you're talking also about the emotions of our daily life or this, of this human, human incarnation. And definitely when you, especially when you do chant, chanting mantra, it so many times people say, Prem, I don't know why, when you sing, I cry. And I said, there's no need to like even question because my teachers used to say, Kirtan means tears. Like when you can unlock, you know, the intellect, because the mind always wants to label an emotion, right? But then there is deeper emotions that don't have labels. So that's where we want to get to. And it's very free and very liberating, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an endless ocean of understanding this bhakti. Yeah. To get the glimpse of the prem, of the ecstasy. And I'm curious when we have those experiences how they affect us going forward like it, it might seem obvious that oh of course like i want to have moments where i feel really good and peaceful and everything um but the nature of life um seems to be one of fluctuation yeah. so i can have those experiences have an experience like that and then it's like the the crest of a wave and then it drops back down i mean maybe it's never the same as it was before I had that experience. Um, but the impermanence, right? Yeah. It, I think maybe a lot of humans don't know what to do with the impermanence, like what to make of it. Like you even talk about labels and, you know, experiencing emotions or feelings beyond label, beyond like, beyond what I'm able to really define. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like constant maintenance, it seems. that like Maybe that's what you've discovered, that it's not just an experience here or there. Right. It's, it's, it's constantly doing the practice. Right. And it's a practice that opens up this relationship. Bhakti is so much about relationship, sambandha. It means this love affair with divinity, you know, with with this world, with everyone, 
every person that is in our in our lives. Um, so it's about relationships. It's a cultivation. You cultivate every day this love affair, and it becomes not so much about feeling good or, you know, because sometimes we, we do these practices with a purpose, like, so I'm peaceful, so that, you know, I feel good. But we can't really attach ourselves to that because we have to just allow the process. It's a process of purification, cleansing, because once we become aware of the true self, then there is just ananda, ecstasy, you know. So it's a way of life and understanding that there's going to be ups and downs. It's just like a, a relationship that you have with your partner. You fall in love with somebody and you know that it's, you're not going to always feel that in love, crazy energy. But it's, it's a relationship that you cultivate on a daily basis with the purpose of cracking open these shells. And, you know, one day we will feel stable in our ground, in our solid foundation of Satchirananda, to be really in that eternality, in that ecstasy, in the knowing that is all within us. So this falling in love with, with divinity, with the whole experience of the ups and the downs, right? Like, that's what I hear you saying, that it's not just like a preference for the highs. Um, yeah. It's like a deep affection and maybe admiration even for the nature of life itself, the nature of being a human being and experiencing these different things. And maybe that, that awareness and respect for, for the entirety of it allows us to navigate, can allow us to navigate the, the lows mm -hmm. with more grace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And having the understanding, you know, the more we do this practice of mantra and studies and, and having guidance from the teachers that are, that have such a realizations that we're not this body, that we're not our mind. And we can have some intellectual understanding that when you're really hearing from the teachers that have reached, the masters that have reached that, that realization is kind of like you you, for a moment, you, you understand on a different level that we are not this, you know, this vehicle. So you're able to step out of the story a little bit and you're not so, so, um, what's the word? Attached. In, what's that? Offered attached. Yeah. Attached and so conditioned to, to this belief system. So when you can, through knowledge and through practice, you're able to breathe a little bit and, and step back and, and be more of a witness to, to the suffering that we have to go through because there is, you know, we have created this, our present situation, you know, from, from our actions, from our previous actions. So we've set ourselves up to be in this position. So when we can accept that, that, okay, this is going to pass and I'm learning and I'm purifying and I'm, you know, I'm uh, realizing little by little, I'm coming to that realization of who I, I truly am. Then you can breathe a little bit in, in this drama that we are in, you know, it's a drama. Yeah. Is who I truly am not me? <laughs> Mm -hmm. I mean by that is when you talk about stepping back into the seat of the observer, like right. that, that me who I truly am is watching myself. Yeah. Um, and I wonder about this, like the benefit of seeing ourselves in this way is stepping back and um, viewing myself in the third person. And then what comes to me often is that it's like the higher, the higher me 
who I truly am, it's that that me takes care of the other, like the per, the persona, the Avi, and, and it almost feels like that higher self. It's it's the purpose of that self is self care of this being that's moving, yeah. you know, through mm-hmm. day life. So I'm curious if you if you use that technique at all too, like with yourself, where you maybe look at yourself in this way, like what, what does Prema Mai need, you know, right now? And how can I support her as she moves through these experiences? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I like, I mean, I begin my day. The first thing I do after I shower is, you know, my ritual, my, my offerings and my chance. And that helps me feel my deeper self, you know, my grounded, connected self. And from that, I can begin my day. And not to say that I don't have days that are super chaotic and emotional. But if I simply take a moment to step back, whether I do a little chant or go for a walk and just reflect, like, okay, you know, this is happening for a reason, and sometimes it is out of my control, is the effects of nature or other people around me or my own mind. But I can just drop into myself and just just experience and feel that I'm so much more expansive than this little moment that is happening that is disturbing, you know? Yeah. One of the questions that I think may, maybe comes up often for us is, you know, am I doing enough? That like that that voice really contends with with my peace sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, what should I be doing? You know, needing to find a purpose. And I think this place that you're talking about that voice is not there. It's, it's total accepting and trusting in the unfoldment of life. It's like, at the same time, not wanting to be, um, lazy for the back, lack of a better word, mm-hmm. not wanting to fall back into spiritual practice as kind of an excuse for doing what I really want to be doing with my life. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have to be so honest with ourselves you know that it's very easy to trick ourselves and even hide behind the practice you know and not deal with certain parts of our lives or ourselves that we need to look at and we need to grow out of so it's such a balance you know to constantly be checking with yourself Am I, you know, I'm just, am I just being complacent in this, in this time of my life and not really doing? So I think that we always have to be asking these questions and there's always a lot to be done. I think whether it's personal growth or service, you know, but yeah, there's, I think that there's a lot that we can be doing. Because also life, we don't know when is our time. You know, I've been around friends and people. Just recently, my friend's mother passed away and I I had just been talking with her and I did a little kirtan for her at her house, you know, to help her because she was she had cancer. And she just felt so blessed. And she said it to me. She said, I am so blessed. And she kept repeating, I'm so blessed. How, how is it that I'm so blessed? It's because she felt, you know, the vibration and the frequency of that, just, just that, that we are, are so blessed in those moments when we feel connected. And so we never know when is our time. And then a few days later, she passed away. She, it did not look like she was leaving that soon. So... You know, to think about those things is like our lives can be taken in a moment. And do I feel 
complete? Do I feel I have done, you know, the, the work with my family? Have I said everything that needs to be said? I think we need to constantly be, you know, today, you know, to in present time, like just be questioning, like, am I, do I feel complete? Have I done everything I need to do for myself or my family or my community? Yeah. I often ask those questions. It's coming to me to, to ask you about money randomly, but really because I feel that this might be a, a topic that gets in the way mm -hmm. for us because it's it can feel so stressful. Like how much do I need to, to have of it? I don't have enough. These, these types of concerns um, might really be like a major obstacle, I think, for many of us on, on our path because I don't know. I just think it might, it might get in the way and um, it's so it can be so heavy, like such a large concern to, to have that in, in our day-to-day -day life. Sure. So anything to say about that, how you kind of, this is on the practical level, right? Like just to yeah. take care of your needs and your things and, and whatnot. And the fear really comes in there. So I think it's absolutely important to talk about that because it's a part of our lives, right? So then it's a yeah. part of our spiritual practices. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a really good, you know, good question too. Like, how to deal with that part that is that is very real in this life and you know in my journey i've had to deal with so many different chapters in in this process of money because i grew up in ashrams i lived in ashrams as an adult for many years and you don't use money right you do seva and that's that's how i i lived for so many years so when you know, then I was married and my husband provided and then we got divorced and I had to learn how to navigate that. And so there were times when I felt really, I was really compromising myself, doing things that had nothing to do with who I am, just to provide for myself. So I went through a period where I felt really unsatisfied and, and I really felt a deep sense of like, I'm really wait, wasting my time. I'm, I'm wasting my life. So, you know, it's been such a process to find, to find that place that will work for me. And, and at the same time to have faith because when we are really, truly in our path, when we really are doing what we're meant to be doing in this life, which is also, it's not that easy to come to an understanding, what am I supposed to do? So it's, it's, it's a process, you know, and I think that it's really important. That's why I feel like it's important to cultivate the spiritual life every day and continue to ask for inner guidance Am I going in the right direction right now? And you feel the reciprocation. When you develop this relationship, you feel the reciprocation and you feel that little push or things fall apart and you realize, okay, that was just not meant to be. So there's this conversation with the higher, you know, the higher divine uh, source, whatever, however you want to approach but when it becomes very personal, then you can feel more of a personal reciprocation. And for me, it's come to a place in my life where I really want to put my energy and really my main intention is service and find ways to where sometimes I will put a price to what I'm offering or I will say donation based, you know, but I feel like I'm, I always receive what, what I need for my life. So I think that's why it's really important to really cultivate this relationship, you know, with divinity so that, so that we can feel the guidance and find our way because life journey is a constant 
questioning, doubting, even doubting that there is anyone that is reciprocating. All these things are such important phases of our life that we have to really uh, attend to and be present to and be real with, you know, not just to be dogmatic and this is the way it is and this is, you know, God says it's a very individual walk, very individual yeah, I remind myself often that like living is is like art. It's like making art. That's the yeah. best way that I I can describe it. Uh, every moment is different. Yeah. Uh, and to allow the guidance to to happen. I love what you're saying about you know asking, am I going in the right direction? Developing that relationship and the trust. And that's why going back to what you shared about you know being grateful and contemplating that this can end at any moment, like really feeling the truth of that. Yeah. That's just, that's just the truth. And yeah. what that does, um, I think for, for our lives is it really just flips the table over and gives us perspective and new perspective. And so thank you, but uh, it feels it's challenging sometimes, you know. Definitely. That's why I think just like allow allowing has really helped me a lot. Like mm-hmm. even when I am feeling I'm not in my best place, but that's okay too. You know, yeah. by making it not okay and feeling shame about uh, that I'm not maybe showing up fully or I'm not feeling better than I am. Um, that that doesn't seem to redirect me. Mm-hmm. very very quickly but really accepting it um and saying that's okay too you can have this time and prioritizing the self-care that does seem to redirect it more quickly yeah uh, absolutely i wanted to ask you about your background a little bit and i've heard you say that uh you were very young when you were introduced to spirituality and you mentioned that too but just to to ask the question, like, what does it mean to be introduced to spirituality? Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I, I was born in Chile and my family was a very, there was a lot of di- diversity in my house. There was always so much going on because my father was a famous actor and there was always musicians and actors that would come over. And, um, and one of my brothers was like the mystic. He's older than me, 15 years older than me. And he was, my father too, him and my, and my brother used to do yoga. My, my father taught him how to do yoga and showed him some books when he became a teenager. So I used to watch my brother do his meditation when I was really little. I was like seven and eight. And I just to peek in his room and I used to wonder what he was doing. But I was fascinated by that, the energy of the silence and the presence that he had. So that's that that began my curiosity. And at that time, I was going to a Catholic school. And I was very curious. I was always asking questions to the nuns, but they weren't able to really answer me. They used to get a little frustrated. They thought that I was just being an annoying kid. (laughs) And one day my cat died and I was so devastated because I was so attached to my cat. And my brother very calmly came up to me and he talked to me about reincarnation. And he said, oh, that." being that you love so much is actually moved on and it's going to have another body. And that to me was like a big opening, a big revelation that really had an impression in me. I was eight years old at that point. And when he saw how affected I was by that, he asked me if I wanted to learn meditation. So he taught me a simple mantra, Aim you know, a beach mantra. And I thought it was the coolest thing. So I started doing it before I would go to school. And I was very serious about it. And I remember even in school, I used to tell my friends, 
I'm doing something that is very special, but I can't tell you. And they were like, what? But I felt like I, it was so sacred and special. I couldn't tell anybody. So, I mean, it was in a childish way, but it has such an impression in me when my brother introduced me. So that for me was my first introduction. What you say about like, not even wanting to share it with anyone else, something that's really sacred. What is that? That like, you feel that sometimes like, you know, the choice between whether to share or not to share and some things feel so special. Yeah. That, does it become less special if I share, like what happens there when mm. I share and maybe I feel like something's lost and I should have yeah. kept it to myself. What, what's yeah. that about? I think if people are not ready to, to be with you in that moment, to like really be present to that, it kind of like loses the energy of, you know, what you just share and you can feel it as you're sharing. It just feels like, Oh God, why did I do that? So I think I must have been tuned into that, that my friends were just going to think that that was so silly and they wouldn't have appreciated. And it just, it kind of like flattens that vibration of what it means to you. I mean, sometimes I've had like really special dreams. And when I share it to somebody, it's like, like I felt, I just could feel it that they're just not with me, you know? And it really doesn't feel right to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, going back to reincarnation and, you know, you, you shared about like this moment with, with your cat and what your brother said to you. And, and it seems like it just made sense in that moment that, yeah, of course, that that soul is going to come back um, as another form and then probably connected that um, that truth to the same being the case for you. Okay, then mm -hmm. I'm also going to come, come back, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a big difference if I feel that as opposed to, oh, everything is ending. Yeah. You know, and there's no more after this. Right. In a way, I can see that that would be a very um, meaningful distinction between perspectives that human beings have, between those that yeah. really feel this in their heart, that this is the truth, that this is not going to be over just when my body dies, that I will come back. And I look forward to that in that process. And those who yeah. feel that, oh, this is, this is the end and there's nothing more after that. Right. What I'm really curious about how do those different perspectives affect the quality of life that we're living now? Yeah. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. I've had a conversation once with somebody who didn't believe. I don't think he even believed that we were a spirit that he, to him was like, we are just a combination of, energies and organs and there's not like such a thing as a spirit soul so it was a really fascinating conversation because i was curious to understand how do you feel how do you experience life because it's so foreign to me like i feel like i've always felt you know that there is a higher personality that is you know, working with us that is, there's, that is holding this creation that moves things, that gives birth, that create it, right? And, and then when my brother told me about, you know, the concept of eternality, that I'm this eternal soul that is journeying through life in so many different stages, maybe even different planetary systems, um, it had a completely different, it just made me see life completely differently. I, f I mean, I felt differently. I just, there was almost like, 
like it made sense, like that makes sense to me, that it doesn't end here, that we continue this journey. So when I had this conversation with this gentleman, I was asking him so many questions. And one question I'd asked him, I said, have you ever been in love? And he was almost like felt uncomfortable with my question. And he said, yes. And then I said to him, so what falls in love? What part of you is in love? Who is in love in there? Is it your organs? Because you're telling me like there's, there's just a combination. And he, he got a little fluster and I think uncomfortable because that made him feel something. And I think that's what it goes back to, you know, for me that to feel such depth of life, to feel the mortality, to feel the eternality, you know, and when I spoke to him about who falls in love, it was just like, it was almost like I touched the little essence of you, you, however you want to describe that you, but there is an essence of you. And he didn't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Just a, a thought. Maybe that was somewhat connected or similar to what we were saying about not sharing words, like not sharing a mantra or something. That to him, that connection to that place was so special and personal that he was uncomfortable looking at it at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it was really fascinating. I just wanted to understand how do you, I mean, already we, each of us have our own concepts, right? Our own conception of what we see, how I project, how I experience you as a person. So what to speak of when your whole life you, exp you feel and you believe that it ends when you die is just such a, you know, like when my father passed away, I, I still feel him. Like I feel he's somewhere in the universe. His departure was so beautiful and so sacred that I felt, I felt like he moved on to a different realm that was higher vibration than this plane. But I feel his existence somewhere in the universe. Like I, I know he's somewhere around, you know. So I feel that that existence is also aware of you and able to watch you in your life. Or not sure about that. I don't think I don't feel like consciously like the way we used to relate. Like he's watching me and he sees me as his daughter. I think maybe on some level, but not a conscious. I don't feel like I feel like our relationship is changed to a more. I don't know just different doesn't feel like the same do you feel that there is a progression that's happening um, in the world i guess with human beings maybe on a planetary level higher level that there's some sort of growth that growth is the nature of life itself um, <clears throat> because i know that a very popular um, sentiment from from people is that you know things are moving in the wrong direction mm -hmm. right? that things aren't evolving and, and progressing maybe they are in some ways but then they aren't in, in other ways um, but ultimately you know I mean just especially with human beings and with looking at each other and seeing like are we learning you know like are we are we growing as each new generation? gathering more information from the previous one and going a little bit further, whatever further means. Um, mm -hmm. Do you believe that that's happening? I feel that there's, yeah, like you said, that there's both, that there's progression and there's degradation as well. That, you know, we, we do have that ability to, to make choices in what direction we want to go. But I feel that these times are so incredibly powerful and there is so much um, 
the con the contrast is so is becoming so apparent and people are starting to wake wake up more to you know to who they are what they're doing what is valuable you know like even you know watching my granddaughter for example she's a total different generation than me right and she's she's grown up with the phone which to me, I feel like that's changing our way of communication. And in, in, for me, it's like it's changing it in a not very progressive way. We're losing a very important touch and organic contact, you know. And, and at the same time, for me to see that is making me even more aware and more like uh, active in, in offering an alternative and giving more of my energy and my contact. So I think that, you know, there's both and, and those that are, and, and she herself is becoming aware now too of way this is really unhealthy actually, or even the way that some of her friends eat She's becoming more aware of that. So it's so important for us, you know, the things that we value, the things that are really essential for a wholesome humanity to, like, maintain it and continue to pass it on to the, you know, to the younger generations. Like, like I started writing her letters by hand, you know, so that... So that that's not lost, you know? Right. Maybe it's easy to take for granted the things that were just so obvious to us. Yeah. You don't even realize that they're special, something like that. The ability to write a letter. Well, it just is. Yeah. It's really a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. How many other things are like that, that you're just not, not realizing? Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed this time. Oh, you're so welcome. Me too. It's been a pleasure. Um, yeah. I'm so glad that that we'll end with some some music as well. Um, but but before you share with us, would you also um, just mention the best way that people can maybe hear more of what your offerings are, connect with you in the future? Yeah. So. Yeah, since the pandemic, I've been doing a lot of programs online, which has been, you know, at first it felt so strange to not be in person, but it's, it's pretty amazing how much we can experience also, you know, through a Zoom. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing programs online and you can find out about it on my website, primamai.com. Also, sometimes I post on Instagram also Primamai. And if you want to hear my music, you can go to, uh, you can find it in Spotify under Primamai. So, yeah. Are you having fun? I'm having fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting to meet so many amazing people and having these types of conversations that it's just so pleasant, you know. And... Sometimes when people ask me certain questions, um, it's always so refreshing that things that I would never ask myself. And it's like, oh, how do I feel about that? You know, so it's, it's really nice to, to have these conversations. Yeah, I mean, one of the other things I was going to actually ask you about, similar to that, but felt like maybe we should close, but... Like what is possible when maybe we move beyond like um, competition in a way, like on the individual level, there's so many impressive human beings, like all the time, mm -hmm. you know, sure for you and, and, and for me and most of us, like you meet someone and you see the things that they're doing and what they're capable of. You're like, oh my gosh, like I'm not doing any of those things. And then maybe you get in that kind of comparison game. Um, but to really be like solid and grounded in who I am and that I don't need to prove anything. I don't need to be better. Then we can really, I think 
take more from each other and give more from each other because then we're we're teammates we're not competing absolutely absolutely that's such a good point yeah i think we all go through that period of thinking that i need to you know come to that level as the other person but we're all such unique individuals and we come with different gifts to offer and to just to really embody who we are as, you know, who we are in this incarnation and what we've come with and just really dig deep. How can I continue to discover more and, you know, make this contribution to the world? Even if it's in a tiny little way, you know, I remember one time I was at a festival um, and there was two stages, one big stage, and I got to play on the smaller stage. And they, there was many people that came to this festival to see me, particularly they, they knew me. And they made a mistake on the, on the program. So they put me on a different time on the program than the time I was going to play. So a lot of those people didn't come and I didn't have a big turnout and I was so devastated. And I thought, why did this happen? You know, and, and I was feeling like, oh, the big stage, they got the whole big giant, you know, audience. And I just got a few people that walked by and I was so devastated by it. And then I went and sat on the grass feeling really bummed out. And this one woman came up to me and she said, you know, I was walking towards the big stage, but I heard you singing and it was so powerful, so transformational. I didn't want to go anywhere. And she thanked me for, from such a deep place. And it, it really changed me. Like, I'll never forget that moment because it had such an impression on me. Like, it just made me understand that we are here to offer things in different ways. It doesn't mean like I'm here if I don't have a big crowd is, you know, I failed, but that one person made my day. And then as she walked away, as she was walking away, she turned around and she said, Oh, and by the way, the timing was perfect. And that <laughs> felt like it was God talking to me. And I just got chills like that. Who was that? You know? So we have so many concepts of, what is the successful, what is like if, you know, that it's going to look like when we are making a difference, it can be one person, you know, so to stop measuring by those external things, but just to fully be who we are for the sake of being that and whoever gets to experience us and grow from it and learn and you know, take what we have. That's great. But if nobody else, and if it's just for you, then that is successful. If, even if nobody gets to see you. <laughs> I wish I could bottle up what you just said <laughs> and carry it with me. <laughs> Always. Um, Cause it's, right. it's really hitting me on a profound level that what a refreshing new perspective to have mm. and how maybe it exhausts us by defining success and feeling pressure that, oh, I need to reach a certain amount of people and you know, assessing yeah. it in terms of, of numbers or even just any kind of external um, yeah. analysis, as opposed yeah. to what you just said about, I'm just going to be me. And I really believe yeah. that that's enough. And that by being me, it's going to have a positive effect on, yeah. on others around me. And it's not up to my mind to analyze, you know, if one person came, comes by or a hundred people or even no one, if I'm just yeah. practicing in my home and I'm yeah. having the experience. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for that. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So I would love it so much um, to hear uh, more of your practice to, to close us out. And, and thank you so much for, for taking the time. Um, yeah. My pleasure. Thank you been super special to connect with you so yeah i will share a little chant to the goddess goddess radha and she's known as 
Ladini Shakti or the Shakti of love. She's the personification. If we could personified love, that is her, Radha. And I'll do a little chant. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content and think others might as well, please feel free to share and subscribe.